Are there modern day prophets and apostles in the world? Did Robin Bullock accurately predict the COVID pandemic? And was Mark Driscoll ever a sound teacher? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily study in the Word of Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. Find all our videos and other ministry resources at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky, who recorded that in advance. She is not in the studio with me today. Be in prayer for her because we thought we were going to have a baby yesterday. <laughs> She's scheduled to be induced on Wednesday, but we had uh, there was a little bit of some complication yesterday and thought we were going to have to go in and have the baby that much earlier. Right now, the baby is transverse. If you know what that means, he's sideways in the womb. He's not head down. So if that problem doesn't get corrected before Wednesday, she might have to have a C-section. So your prayers would be appreciated for our little baby boy and for Becky's health as well as we get closer to the due date. We've got G3 coming up just a month away from G3. So that's going to be September 30th, October 1st and 2nd in Atlanta. And you can go to g3men.org. I'm for sure going to be there. Becky's still up in the air, obviously, because we're going to have an infant. We'll have a newborn with us. But I'll be there one way or the other. I have to be because I'm also part of the pastor's expository workshop that's going on a couple of days before. That's September 28th and 29th. So if you're a pastor... We would encourage you to register for that. We're going to go through the book of 2 Timothy together. Uh, Vody Bauckham's going to be teaching through the book. Conrad and Bayway along with him. I am really looking forward to that. So if you can be there for the Expositors Workshop, I'm helping to lead some of the courses. Uh, Tom Buck will be there as well. You get such great teachers in person helping you to guide through or to teach through. Preaching expository through 2 Timothy. So come to the Expositors Workshop, uh, and you can register for that online as well. Going to g3min.org. That's the letter G and the number 3, men.org. This is Friday, and on the Friday edition of the broadcast, we respond to questions from listeners. This first one comes from Connie. She says, hello, Pastor Gabe. Thank you for your videos. I enjoy the what videos and your talking teaching videos. Your videos help clear up some questions that I had, for example, about the prophetic gifts. I know that all I need is in the Bible. I got saved reading the Bible in 2007. Amen. That's Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So what better way <laughs> to be saved than just reading your Bible, right? She says, I've been reading it faithfully every day since. That's wonderful. Praise God. So for me, the Bible is everything. It is God speaking to us about who he is and who we are and what Jesus has done. Sadly, I have friends who are into listening to the prophets and believing them. I'm sure she's referring to the false prophets here. One of my friends would send me these stupid prophet messages. And finally, after a few times of me telling her I don't believe in them, she stopped. But it did make me question myself and wonder, am I wrong? Is God still sending prophets? Should I be listening to them? So I prayed and asked the Lord to correct me. 
and show me if I am wrong. Then I came across one of your videos about prophets, and I have for some time now been listening to good biblical teaching from Justin Peters, John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, Steve Lawson, R.C. Sproul, and Paul Washer. What a great lineup. With the help of your what videos and John MacArthur's strange fire videos, and of course Justin Peters, it helped me to be at ease knowing that yes, I was right about not listening to or reading anything from these people today who call themselves prophets. Satan is subtle. I started to doubt, but by the grace of God, he answered my prayers. Thank you for all that you do. Bless you abundantly. And thank you for the videos. Connie, that was such a great email. And thank you so much for sending that to me. I was truly blessed by that. I'm going to pass that on to Justin as well. Um, I'm not on a first name basis with the other names you mentioned, MacArthur, Begg, Lawson, or Washer. (laughs) But I do talk to Justin every once in a while. So I'm going to send him your email and let you know that you have been Uh, uh, You have been greatly helped by his teaching. Remember this word from Hebrews chapter one. This is one that I come back to often whenever we're talking about so-called modern day prophets. God, having spoken long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world's. And then we have this in chapter two, starting in verse two, for if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every trespass and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? This word that has come to us that we have in the Bible, that salvation first spoken by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. In 2 Corinthians 12, 12, the Apostle Paul talked to the Corinthians about how the gifts of apostleship, the signs of apostleship had been performed among them. So they knew that the word that was being given to them came from God because That word was being verified by miraculous signs and wonders. This was the prophets before. Now it's the apostles who have been sent out by Christ. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And Jesus sent out his apostles. In Hebrews 2, 4 again, God testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. So don't believe anybody who comes to you today claiming to be a modern day prophet, let them raise the dead and prove it. Or if they come to you claiming to be an apostle, are they performing miraculous signs and wonders like the apostles did? Not things like, you know, doing cold readings. I predict somebody here has a name that starts with the letter B. God says he's going to bless you today. That's not prophecy. That's soothsaying is what that is. And then, you know, you watch the Benny Hinn things where he's swinging his jacket around and people are falling down. They're claiming to be healed. No, there's never been one verified miracle by any of these hucksters, these televangelists. They're all trying to use the name of Christ in vain for their own benefit, not to bless anybody else. The only person who benefits from the health and wealth gospel is the health and wealth preacher. So what a great example from Connie here of somebody who lacked wisdom And so ask God for wisdom. That's what we have in James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God 
who gives generously to all without reproach. But let him ask in faith and without doubting. And where did Connie's faith come from? It came from the word of God. She didn't just ask for an answer and then God gave her teachers and she just automatically accepted those teachers. She tested those teachers with what God's word says. Even guys like MacArthur, like myself, like Justin Peters, any of these other names that she mentioned, we all need to be tested by the word of God. Make sure that what I am saying is in line with what the scripture says. Don't do this thing where you pray something and then the next thing that happens to you must be an answer to prayer. It might not be. It might just be circumstances. It could also be the Lord is testing you to see whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is what he said to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 13, that there would be false teachers that would come in among them. But they must not follow after them when they try to lead them to other gods because God is testing you to see if you love God with all your heart. And keep that in mind because that's the kind of the theme of the emails that we're looking at today. This next one comes from Anna. And by the way, I didn't mention the email address. If you want to send an email to the program, it's when we understand the text at gmail.com. This is from Anna, and she's responding to a blog that I wrote and published on April 27th, 2020. So this was over a year ago now. The name of the blog was False Prophets Exposed, Why Modern Day Prophets Never Saw This Pandemic Coming. Like everything about COVID-19 has exposed these prophets, these so-called prophets as frauds. And then you add the election that happened later in the year. Stephen Strang is the founder of uh, Charisma Magazine. He said that in his words, just about every person out there who was claiming to receive a word from God predicted that Trump was going to win the election and Biden did. That was from Stephen Strang. And that was before like the final votes had been counted and everything. There were still people that were kind of holding on. It was before the inauguration. So some folks were holding on to hope that maybe Trump still had won and these prophets were correct. They've, they're all frauds. He got a 50-50 chance of getting that right in November and none of them predicted Biden. <laughs> they all predicted that it was going to be uh, Trump that was going to win. So anyway, I wrote this blog just showing how false these prophets were just based on the COVID stuff alone. I did another video later about the uh, the Trump false prophets. Anyway, this gal named Anna, she wrote me this email in response to my blog that I did on how COVID has exposed these false prophets. She said, Robin D. Bullock did indeed see COVID coming when in 2019, he told about a worldwide sickness that was going to hit Robin D. Bullock, 11th hour episode broadcast 430 2019. So that was on April 30th of 2019. Like you, I was skeptical regarding modern day prophets, she said, until God began expanding my understanding this past year. Have a heart to heart talk with God and ask him what the truth is. Since he is the author of this world, listen very carefully. In Christ, Anna. You notice there's quite a bit of difference here between Connie's email and Anna's, right? This is like the stark opposite. Connie is testing everything with the Bible and Anna is not and following after these false prophets. Well, I went to the same video that she watched. So I pulled up this video from Robin Bullock, where supposedly he predicted that a pandemic was coming. Uh, and, and again, this was a talk that he gave April 30th of 2019. So let me play this for you here. It's about a minute long. 
you can hear Robin in his own words make a prediction about a pandemic or about a, a pestilence is what he calls it. He's got some synthesizers going on in the background. There's a girl standing behind him strumming a guitar and he's not the most fascinating speaker in the world. <laughs> so I apologize for this, but here we go. See some kind of I think it's some kind of sickness, some kind of plague, some kind of sickness or plague. Now, I don't know if that has to do with there, but this is an international thing. And we really need to pray against this. We really need to pray against this right now for there's, it's a, it's a, it's like a plague trying to develop in the world right now. I'm sorry. I got to stop it for a second. It's just so cheesy. I did not realize when I was recording these clips how bad that synthesizer was. Maybe listening to it in the headphones just <laughs> makes it all the worse. This is how those prophecies always go, right? You got that low music in the background. It's always in minor keys, all mysterious and moody. Uh, it, see, this is this is why Ahaz did not listen to Isaiah. If Isaiah had a synthesizer, Isaiah 7 would have gone much differently. <laughs> All right, anyway, continuing on. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we come against this plague, this sickness, this disease, whatever it may be. When it rises up, we put it down in the name of Jesus and cast it down. You will not spread across the earth and begin to harm God's people. But it is a disease. It's some kind of plague, some kind of, I'm searching for the word. It's, it's not quite a plague. It's not, it's, it's a something. It's like a pestilence almost. An epidemic maybe, yes. Coming, it's trying to develop now. People are gonna take great advantage of this. People that are unscrupulous are going to take advantage of this thing. This is not good. So we stop it where it is right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So how about it? Did Robin Bullock predict COVID-19? No. No more than he stopped it there at the very end. <laughs> you heard him at the end of that saying, so we stop it in Jesus' name. Well, he didn't stop it. So one way or the other, he's a false prophet. He didn't predict it. Nor did he have the power to stop it. This is just one of those random things that those prophets do. You know, when you got that low music hanging in the background, it's just a, a, some sort of random statement that he makes. Oh, I see this thing that's coming, but I stopped it, folks. It was going to come. A bunch of people were going to take advantage of it, but we stop it in Jesus' name. In the same clip, uh, he it, there the, well the same video anyway. He plays another clip of something that he did in February the following, well, it was the following February, so February of 2020, where they are praying. He's praying with the people there in his congregation, and he claims that COVID is now going to dissipate, which that didn't work out either. So that was over a year, that was a year and a half ago, that he claims that just like Kenneth Copeland did, we blew away COVID-19. Well, no, it's still here. It's still a menacing virus. People are still dying of it. Don't be swayed by these snake oil salesmen. Robin Bullock is just as false as all those other guys that predicted Donald Trump was going to win and did not win because Bullock made one of those prophecies too.
So here he is with Sid Roth. The first voice that you're going to hear is Sid Roth from It's Supernatural asking Robin Bullock if God gave him a vision of who was going to win the presidency. This video, at least it was uploaded to YouTube on November the 2nd. So this was before the election. Who's going to win, Biden or Trump? The one thing that everyone at this moment wants to know is because if you're a Bible believer, you have to not want Biden to be president yeah, unless you're true. for abortion, oh, murdering your children in the womb mm-hmm. and out of the womb now. Yes. Uh, and, and the whole litany uh, of the, the most perverse sins in the Bible. Um, uh, and uh, who is going to win? Uh, has God shown you, Robin? Well, you know, um, I went into, I was in a meeting down in Florida, and uh, I, the, I was listening to the Lord before this meeting, and uh, this wasn't even on my mind, but this is the way it happens at times. And I turned around, and the news was on, and I saw Joe Biden on the screen. And uh, you remember this. I told you this. I said, uh, I looked around and just out of conversation, I said, Lord, Joe Biden don't need to be president. And just like this, just like if you'd answered me, he said, he won't. Just like that. (laughs) He said, he won't. So are we to believe that the God who never lies, Titus 1-2, the God who never lies, told Robin Bullock that Joe Biden would not become president. And then he's been president all this while. Did God lie? My goodnoita, may it never be. Robin Bullock is the liar. And Sid Roth, right along with him. He's not some innocent journalist in all of this. He's always platformed these guys to say these false prophecies. And it was his program, It's Supernatural, that I was critiquing in that blog on coronavirus false prophets. Consider the word of the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. Whether he speaks in the name of other gods or he claims to speak for me a word that I did not give him. Okay, verse 21. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. What's supposed to happen to that false prophet? He will die. Now, that doesn't mean that today we take false prophets to the church parking lot and stone them, but it does mean if they don't repent, they will come under the judgment of God. And again, as the Lord said to Israel in Deuteronomy 13, these false teachers come in among you to test you, to see if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you do not pass the test, those false teachers are your judgment to lead you astray into unrighteousness that you may perish in unrighteousness. That's talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Oh, but the prophecy just gets weirder from here. Okay, I'm not even done with this clip yet. Let's keep on going. These guys are going to continue to expose themselves as false prophets. And then he said this. He said, and after the election, now this is going to sound strange. 
but he said the Democratic Party will go underground. And I don't think that, I, I don't know exactly what that means, but he said that they would go underground like the throne of Pergamon, the throne of Satan that disappeared and showed back up in Berlin. And he said they'll go underground and then reemerge at a later time under another thing. And, um, Another banner, maybe. Well, I, I understand that because of other prophets, and I kind of piece things together. Other prophets have said that the Democratic Party will just kind of like disappear. But what you're adding to that is they're not going to disappear. They're right. going to do their strategizing That's as, right. as if they're, they've disappeared. That's exactly and right. Then and then believe, I heard, go ahead. Well, I heard that they're going to arise again. And this was a very specific prophecy. The Lord said they would rise again and come to power under the Antichrist. Mm. Think about that. I think the Greek word for this is baloney. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see how that's pronounced. Anyway, you can just hear how absurd this is. <laughs> the more these guys talk, the more they show themselves to be frauds. The Democrat Party was going to go into hiding and then they were going to come back out with the Antichrist. The Democrat Party won. They're the majority. What does the scripture say about the Antichrist? 1 John 2, verse 18. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know it is the last hour. Chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Listen to the true word of Christ, that which has come from his apostles whom he has sent out and gave us the New Testament. Test all things with the word of God. One last message to get to here. This is from Wendy Alsup who is the author of a couple of books, and she's been a contributor to The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, a very popular podcast put out by Christianity Today. Those of you who are regular listeners to this program, you know that I did a review of that podcast about a month ago. And one of the things that I said was that despite how well produced it was and despite you know their commitment to journalism, you were not going to hear any of the sound teachers who warned about Mark Driscoll and how dangerous he was long before Mars Hill Church in Seattle, Washington ever fell. I said in that review, since this is the approach, since you're not going to hear from guys like MacArthur, Phil Johnson, uh, the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, since this is a, the approach, there are many people listening who have the impression that no one reformed or complementarian sounded the alarm about Driscoll when they should have. Said one listener on Twitter, why did it take a heterodox Rachel Held Evans to bring to light his abusive words? Maybe something is lacking in Reformed ecclesiologies with regards to women. 
Phil Johnson, director of Grace to You, responded and said, some of us were criticizing Driscoll's brutish ways and inappropriate fixation with women as sex objects, while emergents, including Held Evans, were not only looking the other way, but also attacking us for not being progressive enough. Google it. Wendy Alsup, a former member of Mars Hill and guest interview on the podcast, responded to Johnson and said, Phil, your methods of criticism were exactly like those that eventually got Mark disqualified from ministry. Angry, without love. You created stumbling blocks for real repentance as those of us who loved Mark and Mars Hill confronted him privately. And then I went on to say, isn't that utterly astounding? Wendy Alsup actually blamed Phil Johnson for being part of the reason why Mark Driscoll did not repent and that Phil Johnson was every bit as disqualified as Mark Driscoll. In case you missed the irony, her comment affirmed everything Phil just said. He said, we warned people, we called out a false teacher, but we were attacked for not being progressive enough. And then Wendy Alsup attacked him for not being progressive enough. Well, because I said that in my review, Wendy contacted me and she said, Pastor Gabe, would you please correct this statement in your article above? In case you missed the irony, her comment affirmed everything Phil just said. He said, we warned people, we called out a false teacher, but we were attacked for not being progressive enough. And then Wendy Alsup attacked him for not being progressive enough. Wendy goes on. I never said Phil was not being progressive enough. That is a mighty distortion of my concern. Let me just break in here to say, I know Wendy didn't say that. I know she did not say Phil was not being progressive enough, but that's what she attacked him for. So going on, my concern is that Phil, like Mark, there's no comparison between the two. He dismisses a straightforward reading of scripture around Paul's explicit commands on confronting our enemies. My concern is that Phil did not obey an explicit instruction in scripture for exactly the situation he found himself in with Mark Driscoll. Phil was not progressive. He was disobedient. And that created stumbling blocks to Mark's repentance when others who loved Mark and hoped for his genuine repentance were confronting him as well. 2 Timothy 2, beginning in verse 24, The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. Obeying 2 Timothy 2 doesn't make one progressive. Obeying Paul's instructions are consistent with a conservative, orthodox understanding of Scripture. Wendy. Well, I would simply respond to that and say that Phil Johnson was absolutely in keeping with 2 Timothy 2, 24-26. Progressivists rarely respond to the substance of what's being said. It always comes back to tone. Rather than engaging with the truth of what Johnson wrote, they respond, well, he just sounded mean. I disagree. You think he sounded mean? I don't think he was mean. So now what? <laughs> Which one of us is right? You may not like my tone, but somebody else listens to me and says, Gabe corrects his opponents with gentleness. Johnson did what a pastor is supposed to do, according to Titus 1.9. He holds firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. Phil Johnson had nothing to do with Mark Driscoll not repenting. 
absolutely nothing. The reason Driscoll did not repent was not because John MacArthur and Phil Johnson wrote articles with pointed and sometimes biting critiques warning about Driscoll's false teaching. Those articles were written for you and for me and everyone else by men who care about the church, who guard the flock of God against wolves, that we would not be led astray by Driscoll's false teaching. It was not to correct Driscoll because Driscoll was not correctable. Titus 3, 10 through 11 says, As for a person who stirs up division, and that's Mark Driscoll through and through, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. Phil Johnson wrote an article on Mark Driscoll's pornographic divination in 2011. Driscoll had been pastor of Mars Hill Church for 15 years at that point. What Mark Driscoll said in that sermon that Johnson critiqued was so bad that I won't put it on this podcast, but I will put a link in the show notes and you can read it on your own time or watch the clip on your own time when the kids aren't around. Driscoll claims that he has a gift of discernment and what he describes is not discernment at all. It's soothsaying. It's like fortune telling. It's downright demonic. In one occasion... This is like uh, uh, one of the lighter examples that I can actually share, and it's still pretty bad. But in one occasion, Driscoll says that he was passing by this woman and he saw like a TV in front of his eyes, like a film strip in front of his eyes or something. He said he saw her husband physically abusing her and he called the woman over and asked her last night, did your husband physically assault you and tell you that if you told anyone he would kill you? And she starts crying and says, how did you know? And Driscoll responds, Jesus told me. No, he did not. Nor did God show Driscoll any of the other horrible, even pornographic images that he describes in that same message. Johnson and many others, Johnson gives credit to some other persons in that blog as well. They called out Driscoll for this nonsense. It was a public false teaching. It gets called out publicly. Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Jesus' rebuke of the Pharisees was very public in front of the people that the Pharisees lied to. From the beginning of the Gospels to the end, all throughout Jesus' three-year ministry, he was calling out wolves. They did not repent because they were self-condemned. Mark Driscoll did not repent because he's full of himself. He's a false teacher, and he always has been. Wendy said in her comment to Phil Johnson, Phil, your methods of criticism were exactly like those that eventually got Mark disqualified from ministry. He was disqualified before he ever planted Mars Hill Church. He was never fit to pastor in the first place. He believes that everything he does... He is under the direction of God to do it like he's some modern day apostle, like he's a prophet, just like we talked about. He claims that God personally, audibly speaks to and tells him what to do. He's always been this way. He's had some seasons and some sermons where he had said some things right. Nonetheless, he's always been a false teacher. Just like Robin Bullock could say some sort of random prophecy and get it right. At least it sounds like it was right. <laughs> but then he turns around and says something else 
completely wrong and falls flat on his face, showing that he is not hearing the voice of God. Neither was Mark Driscoll. Listen to Driscoll in his own words. This is him sharing his testimony about when he came to Christ in college. In the springtime, they uh, had a men's retreat. They were advertising at the church. I had never been to a men's retreat. I didn't know guys would go in the woods unless they were going to shoot something. One of the pastors who was teaching at the men's retreat said, you know, you guys need to go get some time with God and pray and talk to him and spend some time with him. Okay, I'm going to do that. So I remember going for a walk alongside the river, some camp in the middle of nowhere down in Idaho, and uh, just told him, all right, God, I belong to you, and I love you, and, you know, whatever you want me to do, just let me know. I didn't really know what I was asking. And God audibly spoke to me. Um, I was wide awake, just going for a walk. And people ask, well, what did he sound like? Well, he sounded like he was in charge, that's for sure. And he said uh, four things. He said, uh, Mary Grace, which I was glad to hear because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, Plant churches, train men, preach the Bible. He said four things. And I'm, okay. (laughs) It's almost like Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, who claimed he went out into the woods and had a conversation with God. Mark Driscoll believes that God audibly speaks to him. And he talked about this throughout his ministry. God told me. God showed me this. And even when he left Mars Hill Church in 2014, it was the same kind of story. He said that God told him he was released from Mars Hill Church. Wendy quoted to me from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Listen to chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. That's why they went after Mark Driscoll. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and will wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the apostle talked there about the judgment of God that was coming upon this wicked and fallen world. And he said, beginning in verse 11, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens burning will be destroyed and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are looking for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, And consider the patience of our Lord is salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things that are hard to understand. Talking about Paul's letters here, there are some things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, to their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest you, having been carried away by the error of unprincipled men, fall from your own steadfastness. 
but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This is When We Understand the Text with Pastor Gabe Hughes. There are lots of great Bible teaching programs on the web, and we thank you for selecting ours. But this is no replacement for regular fellowship with a church family. Find a good, gospel-teaching, Christ-centered church to worship with this weekend, and join us again Monday for more Bible study, When We Understand the Text.